We Got the Geek is recorded before a live studio audience. On a Saturday night in the Bay Area, hometown man, Eddie Money. All right, this is uh, Jay Stu. I'm here with my good friend Colin. Finally doing another Shed episode. How's it going, sir? It's going just fine. And, uh, you know, we like to talk about music. I think the last time we did anything was the big uh, box review and the interview with Jean-Marc. Uh, but uh, we're here because um, we have some sad news we wanted to talk about because Colin and I are big fans. Uh, recently, uh, Eddie Money passed away. And uh, you and I have been big fans for, like, over 30 years of this guy. Mm-hmm. So, it's, And we knew he was sick, but it still was very shocking to me when I heard it. Yeah, me too. Actually, I was saying that on Spotify too. They still they hadn't even taken off the fact that he was supposed to be doing a concert in September until a uh, week after he died. Yeah, because it was it was kind of sudden. Yeah, and then they had just announced in August that he had cancer, but before that, they announced he had open heart surgery and he had pneumonia. And it was just terrible. Yeah, he, I think he lived a pretty hard life earlier on. Maybe it caught up with him, but it did come as a shock. Yeah, I was just thinking, uh, I know how I got into him. I had an Uncle John, and uh, he had played, you know, we would go to different parties or family gatherings with him, and one of the CDs he had back then around 86 was the Can't Hold Back album, and that's how I first heard Eddie Money. But then I later realized I knew Two Tickets Paradise and crap like that. I don't even think he had that album then. No. He, I remember what he said to your dad, like... Your uncle was kind of cool in the way that that's how I wanted to view music. Like, he was just pretty easygoing and open-minded and stuff, right? And he did tell us a bunch of stuff that was good. But the big intro to going to the Crystal Beats concert was, well, he had that song, uh, Two Tickets to Paradise, that was pretty good. Yeah. That was his reason for going. Yeah. You know, and right around that time, we talked about it at the box. Like, much music was huge. That's when his videos started getting showed and... Uh, and then I remember he was on Solid Gold. Remember that show? He was on he Solid was on Gold it? a lot. Really? Yeah. Like doing what? Like lip syncing his hits. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> like, like him and Arsenio Hall. But he was on there a bunch of times. Uh, but yeah, we got to see him in '86 at Crystal Beach. And by the way, the two times we got to see him, uh, both those places aren't around anymore. No, I know. Yeah, Maple Leaf Crystal- Gardens. And, yeah, yeah. Crystal Beach. That was a great show. Um, can't hold back tour. Later on, we saw him on the Nothing to Lose tour, but he was opening for Cheap Trick. Yeah. He nearly broke his ass for us people. <laughs> That's what he said. Um, I remember he was wearing a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey. Was it Maple Leafs or was it uh, was it uh, Blue Jays? Oh. Was it when the World Series? Was that no. in 93? You know what? I think he was wearing whatever the opposite of whatever they liked in Toronto because they booed him when he put on the hockey jersey. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I couldn't remember if that was around the World Series time in '93. We were still in high school, so uh, late '80s. It was one of the first shows you and I got to go to on our own on a bus. Okay. Um, which wasn't very often back then because our parent, my parents, were driving. Brian Adams in '85. Yeah, yeah. From the St. Catharines bus terminal. I think it would have been <laughs> the Murray Hunt tour. Yeah, yeah. And it was that Indian girl that we thought was hot, and but she had her dad there. Remember? Into the fire. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So it wasn't very often we went to concerts on our own, and I think uh, it was a school night, too, from what I remember. Um, but, yeah, really good in, in concert, and uh, I got to see him one time after that in the early 2000s, and I met him, and uh, as much as I like his music, I didn't understand one word he was saying the whole time we were talking. Well, where did it, what venue? It was a casino. Oh yeah, it was a, yeah. It was okay. you know in Niagara Falls, New York, and there was one lady in the audience that kept yelling at him. Long Island loves you, Eddie. Like throughout the whole show. That's nice. For some reason, it was like 2003, 2004. He kept heavily promoting some album he did in 1995, which I guess they had extra copies of that they were selling at the concert. I don't get it, but he was oh, okay. That's fine. Yeah. Um, uh, Tom Opat syndrome. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was really sad hearing that he died. And uh, not too long after that, and we'll get back to Eddie Money in a second. Uh, another guy we kind of sort of listened to back in the eighties, Rick Ocasek from the Cars, passed away. And uh, that was within like two days, I think. Yeah, it was. 
We also found out he was 75, and we didn't think yeah. he was quite that old. No, it was a shocker, to say the least. Yeah. Um, I, I remembered a couple car stories. Of course, we remember them, remember them from Live Aid, which you and I watched all all day that one day when it was out. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this story? Uh, there used to be a video store on uh, Glenridge, and we walked in there, and they were playing the Heartbeat City uh video cassette i guess and they were playing the hello again video and you and i were like kids and uh there was like bare boobs yeah that was great it was the best <laughs> thing ever wow the cars put out yeah it was awesome <laughs> and you know, it was funny because i was just mentioning to jay earlier before he started um recording this that in 1984 uh, for one of their biggest songs you might think they they did a video and the video actually beat Michael Jackson's Thriller, yeah, as uh, as the best video for the year. And uh, so that's kind of funny if you if you actually look at how both of those songs have. Uh, I mean, back then it was a decent video. Well, no, it was cool, <laughs> but uh, no, but Thriller is like you know pretty much. Yeah. I don't know. No, I got how do you it. describe Thriller? That was a good Vincent, video. Vincent Price did vocals for that. You That's know, right. like, he was still, like, was, I don't know, it's pretty, it's pretty epic. And I'm not the biggest Michael Jackson fan, but no. you got to give credit where credit's due, right? Oh, for real. For yeah. real. But the cars beat it, so that's good. Yeah. Now, um, as far as Eddie, going back to Eddie Money, mm-hmm. we decided, and we were going to, like, tell our, our top five Eddie Money songs, you and me. Right. So so I prepared a top five list. Did you prepare a top five list? Uh, actually, yeah, it's written here, but I never wrote down the songs. Oh, that's okay. I, if you can remember, that's cool. I'm going to give you my number five, and then we'll go to your number five. So my number five was a song from the Nothing to Lose album, which I get a kick out of because 30 years later we're making the same joke. Uh, it's a song called Pull Together. Yes. And there's a line in it, um, if you walk a mile in my shoes, I'll walk a mile in yours. And we just kind of joked around saying, that's quite the offer, Eddie. And that stuck. And it's a great song, too. Um, I, think, I, think, I think part of the thing with Eddie Money is he doesn't sound like he's the most intelligent person. So when some of these lines come across... They're not the kind of things that you would expect to come out of his mouth. Like, he seems, I don't know, to me, he always seemed a little simple. Maybe it's the accent, the Bronx accent. Well, no, in interviews, he would always give weird answers, which made no sense. And we always thought that. And great songs, but weird being interviewed. But a soulful voice. and just uh, He had a finesse uh, about the vocals that he did. And uh, he, he... put a stamp on a song that's for sure so. yeah what would you say was your number five you know i'm like i said i never wrote it out so i've, I've got a number that i'm going to contribute to this but i would probably say number five yeah most of mine are ballads because i like his voice oh i've got a few ballads on here so myself I got a few ballads but so i'm gonna actually say uh, i'm gonna say walk on water okay that's a great. And I song. know it's it's a great song. That was probably at the top of your list, but it's it maybe. <laughs> but I'm going to say "Walk on Water" because I preferred a lot of his. I preferred a lot of the ballads, but I, I've got to give credit to some of the some of the fast songs. So well, here's the thing: "Walk on Water" brings back great memories to me of our later years in high school. Yeah, uh, that's when we saw him on that tour, and I don't know if you'll remember this. Uh, we used to go to a bar on Hartzell Road in St. Catharines. I think it was called Mr. C's. Yeah. By Frank's Milk. Yep. They had Walk on Water on their jukebox. It was mainly country music. And they also had Cinnamon Girl by Neil Young. And then and they had, Summer and they had, Yeah. And they had Walk on Water, which we played every time we went in there. And I think the flip side was Dancing with Mr. Jitters. So. So that brings back good memories of that time as well. But, yeah, great song, great video. Uh, crazy Girl in the video. Um, at my number four, I, I picked One Chance from the Can't Hold Back album. Yeah, that's Just good. a great song. Written by a Canadian guy, Stan Meisner. 
I don't, I don't. It was never released as a single for Eddie Money, but that's such a great album and such a great song. He might have done it at her first concert, but my uncle John got us kind of drunk. So okay, it's fine. That's price pay. <laughs> yes, that's right. What would you say as your four? I like Magic off of uh, Nothing to oh, Lose. That's a great song. Yeah. yeah, that was one of the later albums that came out. We might have been in our last year of high school. I remember buying it too. It's on the record, man. I remember when that album came out? And I think I thought the whole album was epic. I wore yeah. it out. I wore it out on cassette. Yeah. And um, I had I got it on CD, but I, I wore the tape out. Yeah, me. Too. Jay and I used to work at KFC, and we used to have like a big ghetto blaster in the kitchen, and we would uh, we would play all of our tapes. Like, I mean, we didn't just bring in a tape. Like Jay and I would bring in cases of tapes and well, shit that we wanted to listen to at work we'd have like this whole thing we wanted to play and we'd play the whole time we were working you had to get through a seven so, hour shift yeah right? so so I mean we were cranking the tunes and all of our tapes got screwed and filled with flour and grease and stuff yep. but there was always some good tunes coming out of our kitchen so that's where I recognized a lot of these and I played that whole tape until it got emulsified in grease and oh, yeah. wouldn't play anymore yeah, same thing with Can't Hold Back. I did the same thing. Can't Hold and Back. Eddie Money's first album, which I got to admit I didn't listen to too much, except for the two tracks. Oh, yeah. I remember we went in and bought that maybe a day or two after the Crystal Beach concert. I remember yeah. cutting my grandfather's lawn after that concert <laughs> listening to those two songs. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, great times. Um, all right. Uh, at my number three, I picked "Walk on Water." Like yeah. all the reasons I explained earlier, like great song, brings back great memories of high school, hanging out, and we got to see him sing it live, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about you? What, what do you have for your next one? Boardwalk Baby. Good tune. Off of nothing to lose again. Yeah, I think my favorite period of him was probably '86 to '91. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when did uh, Unplug come out? That was 91. 91, right? 92 maybe? So, Something yeah, like that's that. What, so that's six years anyway. Those were some yeah. good albums. Yeah. He was kind of messed up pre-86 and then post-91. Yeah, I mean, like like a few good tunes before 86. But, but I mean, he didn't really yeah. do anything. Right. And he was right. struggling a lot, I think, personally with a lot of stuff, too. That was his productive period because then he came out with um, Want to Go Back. Yeah. Do you remember that album? Yeah, that was his... Uh, That's he, old shit. He like, put that out in the 2000s. There's a cover album. And yeah. uh, just an aside, he had a new album coming out this year, like his first studio album since late 90s. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had released a couple tracks, and then they pulled it from everything, like after he announced he was sick. And it's a great song still on YouTube called Brand New Day, which is fantastic. It's the video starts out with him saying, "Hey, I'm Eddie Money. Your mother loved me," <laughs> which made me laugh. <laughs> um, so that's on uh, now. You can you can check it on YouTube. So it was on yeah. Spotify, but they yeah. pulled it. So hopefully we'll see that new album. I've soon. got a moment here just where something jumped into my head, and I just want to stick it out there. Did, Go ahead. You, you heard about Netflix buying Seinfeld? Yes. Did you hear how much they paid? Oh, way too much money than we'd ever make. Yeah. Did you hear how much? Like hundred million bucks or something. Half a billion. Wow. Half a billion dollars for five years. Holy. Anyway. Anyway. Sorry. Thank you, Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> What's up with that? <laughs> um. All right. So I guess we were at number two now, and I picked. I want to go back. Mm-hmm. Um. If you listen to that song, like it's it's an upbeat song, but the lyrics are depressing as fuck like I mm-hmm. like uh, a great song though like it, it's shit that I think about all the time like I know I know it's wanting just... to go back to a time which was nice and yeah exactly back then I didn't have to feel the pain like yeah I know, I know I know I know by the way I did not realize that was a cover version because somebody else covered that before him who I, I can't remember I should have wrote it down it was a it was a band you know what sucks about Spotify now, I'll tell you, is right. that, that I really wish, okay, this is an app I want, so if there's anybody listening out there that can help me with this, do this. I want an app 
that gives me the artist, the album, the liner notes, the writing credits, and the fucking band. That'd be fantastic. And I want that at my fingertips all the fucking time because I don't want to have to be digging out every album. It would be the greatest app ever. That would be great. And it would be really, really good for... Invent it and get rich. Well, I'd like to, but I don't know how to do that. <laughs> Let's take a quick break, and while Colin calms down from being mad about the app that doesn't exist, we'll uh, we'll think about Colin's number two. And now, a word from our sponsors. Sketchbook Comics and Games is a store that has something awesome for everyone. In addition to selling comics, board games, and action figures, there are tables for open gaming. Wednesday nights, Sketchbook features game night starting at 6 p.m., Friday through Sunday, Sketchbook is the place to be for Magic the Gathering. The store is located at 224 Glenridge Avenue, Unit 9 in St. Catharines. Come on down for all your geek and comic book needs. You're listening to the man with no control who loves his rock and roll, the money man. We're back at the shed. Uh, this time we're recording in the front of Colin's house, and thanks for having us. This is called Cars and Money. Cars and Money. Because I kind of made a bit of a cars list, too, that we'll talk about in a bit. Mm-hmm. But um, my number two was, uh, I want to go back. By the way, Ace Fraley covered that this year. The guy from Kiss. Yeah. Which is weird. Wow. But, yeah, such a great song. And I love it. It's, it's like a great video, too, actually. Him walking through his old high school halls. Mm-hmm. What would you say would be your number two Eddie Money hit? Number two, and I will say, it's going to be off his Unplugged album, but it's the most recent um, cover of Save a Little Room in Your Heart for me. That's a great song, actually. Was that not originally off his first album, too? It was, but I like the version better on the Unplugged, yeah. and I also listened to that right after I found out he had died and wept openly. Yeah, because that's... the lyrics took on a different... Uh, yeah, from what I remember... I'll be there eternally. Yeah, from what I remember, that was a tough album for us to find in the early 90s. I think we yeah. we eventually found it at That's Entertainment. Yeah. Uh, Unplug It In was the album. Yep. Yeah. Um, I wish we could have seen him on that acoustic tour, man. That would have been good. would have been good. Yeah, you mentioned that song, but I really like uh, Trinidad and Bring Me Some Water, like better than the original versions. Yeah, too. no, I agree, yeah. And there was a really cool Smokey Robinson cover he did on that album as well. What was it called? Oh, you really got a hold on me. Yeah, it was pretty decent, right? I liked it. Um, you know what I, You know what album I really liked, and it wasn't like a huge hit for him? And this leads into my number one, actually. The album I really liked, probably, he, and he had albums after it, but my last favorite... In my opinion, the last great album he did was in 91, called Right Here. Okay. Um, a lot of great tunes on it. My favorite Eddie Money song, and song off that album, 91, was I'll Get By. Yeah, me too. Was that your number one? And Fall in Love Again. Yeah. No, that wasn't my number Oh, well, we'll get to you in a second. But I'm just saying the ballads were better on that album. Oh, but yeah. It wasn't as... Those were the strongest tracks. Oh, yeah. I'll get by, though. I loved it originally, and it was his last top 40 song, by the way. Um, I rediscovered it, and this is deeply personal for me, when I was separated from my first wife. Okay. I rediscovered it one day when I was listening to the, the Walkman. That yeah. makes me old. And uh, it's like a personal song to me. And uh, what would you say as your top Eddie Money song? I'm going to say Two Tickets to Paradise just because it celebrated his spirit, basically. Like, um, he he could make an audience really, really want to dance and and be happy and and sing. And he didn't... He didn't really bring anything to the stage. He wasn't a great guitarist. He wasn't even a great vocalist. He, yeah. He had a great energy. Yes. And he had he had um, a, a contagious type of energy, I guess you yeah. could say, for the audience, which, which I would like because, <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, I, he never really sang well, but I always felt that he, he really felt what he was saying. Yeah, I agree. And... and um, I don't know. I, I, for me, it was it was pretty personal. Steve Earle once said that you don't have to suffer to be an artist, but if you do suffer, it has to be in your art. That's pretty deep, actually. And if you if you think about it, 
you know, that's why I'm mostly after songwriters, right? Because these are the people that actually wrote it, right? Yeah. People that felt it. And um, it's a gift to be able to actually make that song your own. Like Johnny Cash would do that with songs he'd cover, like hurt and things like that. Just to prove we've been long-time Eddie Money fans, I was going to mention this, because not a lot of people know this within our small circle of friends. Back in the last year of high school, you and myself and Scott Hebert, our buddy in England, uh, wrote it like a like a novel of... All of our experiences. Yeah, well, half the book was fiction. Let's put it that out there. And half the book was true events so I, I didn't know I was going to do this till this morning but I looked it up because there's a chapter in there about our Eddie Money experience in 19, really? 1989 I think oh okay so I'm going to read a, a passage from it okay and see what you think about it alright here we go so this is a passage <laughs> from our novel about the Eddie Money concert in 1989 finally we departed for Maple Leaf Gardens to see the show. At 8 o'clock, Eddie took the stage and did two tickets to paradise. Look at his cool leather jacket with the fur. <laughs> I, I exclaimed. Our heads were spinning. And by the way, we had been at um, the Hard Rock Cafe prior to this. So we were breaking quite a bit. So look at his cool leather jacket with the fur in it. Um... Our heads were spinning. It was a great feeling. Then he sang his current hit single, The Love in Your Eyes. We affectionately referred to this song as the Blue Sky Song. I was quite impressed upon seeing Eddie actually play the saxophone. Then out of nowhere, I had this urge to quickly relieve the the building pressure in my bladder. Damn it. Why now? I ran to the nearest can and missed baby hold on and then in this long fucking sentence with more letters should be shit I booked out of there really fast on the way back in I could hear the opening chords of I want to go back awesome after that he did his other hit tunes such as Endless Nights and Shaken, which he he urged us to go shake. <laughs> he urged us to go shaken with the Eddie Money Band. Uh, and, our remember per- that. and our personal favorite, Where's the Party? Which, by the way, when was that ever our personal favorite? <laughs> Then, without warning, Eddie left the stage. After that, Cheap Trick appeared, but we had sobered up by then, so there's no further drunkenness to talk about. We invited us to go And by the way, I know you viewers can't hear this, but look at this spiffy Miami Vice folder I had this in. Good memories, though, right? Oh, yes. Okay. And shake with the Eddie Money Band we did. <laughs> Indeed. So I also want to mention, and we talked about how Spotify doesn't have everything about certain artists, but they really cut off after right here. They have the Unplug It In album, and that's it, really. Yeah, that's it. Um, not even the greatest hits, Sound of Money. No, I don't think they're big on greatest hits. Like, I don't think... I think if Spotify is going to release the greatest hits, they're going to release the greatest hits mm. with 10 extra tracks on there and remastered shit. Yeah. Because um, this is what I've noticed. Right. They don't want you to get all your eggs in one basket. They want you to have to be able to go through these albums. The greatest hits yeah. have been doctored and remastered. And, and if you actually try to take a track off... And I'll tell you what, how I did this, okay? Okay, go ahead. It was Mud Crutch. Right. Okay. They've got a great album. Their first album was awesome. Yeah. Except one problem I have with it. What's that? They covered a song that annoys me. Six Days on the Road? Yes. Three minutes and 28 seconds of boredom. I've heard it done to the nines. Right. 
Dave Dudley did it originally, and he wrote the damn thing. Steve Earle? Steve Earle copied it. Everybody's done the fucking song. Yeah. It's a village bike, right? Yeah. Everyone's out of turn. But um, I tried to delete it, but it won't let me. Oh, shit. It's on the album, so I can't delete the song. Yeah. Because it's like oh, fucking with the album. So it's almost like I think some of this shit's copyrighted. And I'm wondering if some of the artists just don't say, yeah, maybe. okay, maybe. you know what? You can have my first seven albums, but the last ones were really good, and I'm going to hold on to them. Yeah. You're not getting them. Yeah, because, because you notice a lot of that shit's well, out there. Right? Going by Eddie Money, there was two more albums after right here that he did that aren't on there. And Sound of Money, um, which was the greatest hits that had three new songs. Including Peace, Peace in Our, our time, time, which was yeah. one of his biggest hits, funny yeah. enough. Yeah. And then I, I enjoyed, um, I had a really great album from him in the mid-90s. It was part studio album, part live album. It's called Shaking with the Money Man, which isn't on there either. So it's a shame, actually. That is. I know there's a lot of stuff missing off there. And I think you have to be a bit of a historian to realize just what's missing when you're looking yeah, at Yeah, but you artists, and I are right? like going through know, the eighties well, and shit well, like I know, that. I know, but I yeah. mean like we we can spot if one album's been Hey, they don't have success hasn't pulled me <laughs> out of a whole list of yeah. twenty albums and we'll yeah. we'll pull that out. But. Uh yeah, we'll come back real quick after this commercial break. I'm gonna talk about some cars songs I liked. I'm gonna ask you too, I never made made you make a cars list, but I'll ask you some of your favorite cars songs as well. So we'll be right back. Stay tuned, loyal listeners. There's more We Got the Geek still to come. Kristen Hunter, also known as Kiki, is a Canadian artist specializing in polymer clay creations. Being a geek at heart, most of her work is nerd-themed. Kristen has several lines of geeky creations, including steampunk, comic, and video game-inspired work, as well as sushi-themed jewelry. Kristen is always excited to create the perfect custom piece for any theme or occasion, Please check out our website at kikiscustomcreations.com. I'm Eddie Money. Your mother's a big fan of mine. All right, we're back. So, with as we mentioned earlier before, like within the same two days of Eddie Money passing away, Rick Ocasek passed away. By the way, and we didn't realize he was 75, and I told you the booby video story. But uh, I had a couple, a few cars songs that I enjoy. Do you want to, do you want to, do you have like maybe five songs you could think of? Well, I do like Drive, and I noticed that a lot of people really, that wasn't Rick Ocasek, though. No, and, and I didn't realize this, but he wrote all the songs, even the shit Benjamin Orr sang. That's right, but I mean, didn't necessarily sing it, so. No. Who was it? You said Brian Adams sang? Brian Adams did a cover of it this week. Drive? Yeah. And yeah. by the way, he did a fantastic version of Baby Hold On. And thank you for pointing that out to me after Eddie Money yeah, yeah, passed that away. That was great. Uh, where am I? And I'll tell you a thing. I, I kind of wrote five songs down here I liked. And I'll, I'll mention one while you're looking it. And then you know what I'm going to say? What? Here's how I got into the cars. And there's a couple different reasons back then. Uh, first of all, uh, my Uncle John again. Like, he had the car's greatest hits, and uh, he played that a lot. But also, we used to drive around every Friday night with this guy, Murray Thompson. And Murray Thompson had the Heartbeat City album. Murray Thompson only liked two songs by the cars. We heard You Might Think quite a bit. Um, yeah. Yeah, ad nauseum. By the way, You Might Think is not on this list I made. <laughs> it would not be. Um, but, like, a decent band. Never got to see them live, unfortunately. Um... But, I mean, they had some decent songs. I remember the Heartbeat City album back in the 80s. Magic was a good tune. Magic was a great song. Um, so, I'm going to mention this right now before I get to my number five. They had an album in 87, right before they broke up, called Door to Door, which I loved. It did nothing for their career. It was a bomb. That was the album that had You Are the Girl and You Give Me a Twirl. All the other songs were great. Um <laughs> <laughs> so I picked a song off that album for my number five called Leave or Stay, which actually they had recorded for their first album back in the 70s. And they they held it back to late 87. Okay. Um, great song. It rocks. Great guitar part. I, that's my number five. You want to like mention the song for your five? My and we'll edit if you need me to. No, I, I'm going to say Magic was a, was a, a good tune for them, like a, a strong mm. song. 
while we're talking, that's my number four, actually. Oh, is that okay? Great song. They played on our, our local radio station, Giant FM, a lot. Pretty decent video. He's walking to the swimming pool. Uh, brings back good memories of 1984. What about my best friend's girl? That's kind of like a classic. That's a good one. I don't. I don't have it on my list. No, but that's that's fine. You want to put that as your four? Yes. Okay. That will be my four. All right. Um, my number three. We're going back to that album I mentioned, Door to Door. Um, great slow ballad on there called Wound Up on You. Okay. And by the way, these the songs I picked for this five are the Rick Ocasek vocals. Are you going to leave me your little piece of half scap so that, that later on I can look up these songs? Yeah, you know what? I'll message you as well. Door to Door uh, is a song called Wound Up on You. Okay. Really nice ballad. Uh, I like it a lot. It's it, I still listen to that album a lot. I rediscovered it with Spotify. It was a bomb for those guys, though. They, yeah. they broke up shortly after the album, but... I don't know if you knew this. They came back in 2011 after a 24-year break. Yes, they did. Decent album that one of the songs made it into the, one of the Marvel comic shorts that they did for the Avengers. Yes. Yeah. Do you know who ended up taking Benjamin Orr's place? Uh, nobody. Todd Rundgren. Oh, you know what that was? And I'll tell you this because it was dumb when I saw it back in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Todd Rundgren technically did take his place. But they did this thing called the New Cars. Yeah, I know. That was bad. Without Rick Ocasek. It was the drummer. No, it was the guitar player and the keyboard player from the Cars and Todd Rundgren. So it was, what was that other band? Alias? Yeah, kind of <laughs> like that. that. Kind of like that, that yeah. Uh, I remember seeing them on one of the talk shows back then. I didn't quite get it. And then I've seen a Garfunkel and Odes, right? <laughs> Why would they come just to boo us? Uh, and after that, Rick Ocasek was like, you know what? Let's do an album after all these years because the new car is kind of blue. But yeah, I'm going to send you that because Door to Door is pretty, a pretty decent album other than You're the Girl and You Give Me a Twirl. Um, what would you put as your number three if you're going by Car Sucks? Well, good times roll. I don't know why some of these songs just speak to like my oh yeah my they, past. They right? still like, play I, them a I lot. I, I think of roller skating when I think of that. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, like all the early seventies, eighties car yeah. songs. Yeah, I remember them for roller skating. Like shake it up. Yeah. <clears throat> I can't really classify them. I like them. Yeah, but I don't really have. <laughs> It's pretty much like just like a song base for me. It's not like I have favorites. Well, you know I just, what? Like if I'm in the mood, I listen to yeah. it. Yeah, you know. Grab one off your song base and we'll throw it on there. I threw Drive on there just because Drive is like yeah. one of the quintessential. I'm dancing with a girl at a school dance or something. You know what? Songs. Drive, you know what? Drive reminds me of, and it's not on my list because I only chose Rick Ocasek vocals, but he wrote it. Uh, Drive reminds me of the prom we went to together. Stag. Out at Prudhomme's Landing. With Carl Baird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you were there to try and impress some girl you liked. I was there to impress a girl was I liked. Was it Tracy Collins? Might have been. I was there to impress Allison. Uh, yeah. And we yeah. danced during Drive. So that kind of uh-huh. always stuck go. with me, actually. That's cool. Uh, but, yeah, great song. And he married um, he did, he married the model that was in that video, did he not? Yeah, Paulina, he did. what's yeah. her name? Yeah, who was eighteen at the time? Umicello or whatever her name. Yeah, was in. he was was he with Pizzadora at one point? I don't know. Maybe he married the model though while he was in his late thirties and she was eighteen. Good for him. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, good for you, Rick Ricardo. Grass on the field, play ball, right? Sure. <laughs> Um, I'm going to throw out my number two at you. And uh, I know we used to love the movie Happy Gilmore, because I watched it with you a couple times. Uh Uh, I'm not the one. Yeah. Great ballad. Uh, A lot of people mistake it for the title of Round and Round. Uh, Really nice ballad, originally from the Shake It Up album, but on the Greatest Hits album. Okay. When it became a single. Hmm. Yeah, I remember we used to force Murray to listen to that song too, because he had, he would have nothing beyond uh, 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 you might think. I still remember, you know, and this is stupid, but I'm just going to give it. Go ahead. Just because we like to talk memories and stuff. I still remember when I was younger. Remember Columbia House? 
Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, so, yeah. Columbia House, I used to go there, and it used to be... I'm, I'm going to have to give a little bit of a lecture to the people that are not as old as... Lecture away, Colin. When we were younger... We had to buy all of our albums. We couldn't download any of them or anything like that. Yeah. So there was a place called Columbia House where if you agreed to buy three albums at regular price, they would let you order 13 free tapes. Oh, Basically, no, it was like a penny. A penny. Something, a penny. Something dumb like that. That's fine. But what they used to do in case... You're wondering is they used to buy copies of the masters from the record companies and run off as many copies as they want so they could give them away for free and this was kind of a scam they did in the eighties. Anyway, you can only have one um, membership or household or some shit mm-hmm. like that. So none of us followed that. So I ordered no. So I ordered thirteen albums and you know okay yes I will buy my other three but I'd like to order thirteen more tapes. So what do I do? So I had an empty house across the street that I used to like order stuff too. It was funny because you can only do one per household. My name is Colin Bowden. B-O-W-D-E. I know this story. So when I filled out a money <laughs> order for it, I sent one in the next time and the way I signed my name, it looked like it was Colin Bowder. So it came up as a different name, so I got another 13 tapes. So I went Mexican the next time and went Colin Baudez That's and got another 13. And so I milked that for a little while. But Did uh, did you also do BMG? Because that was one that came yes. out in the 90s. Yes, I did. But my, my story about that was I'll never forget the day that I got Heartbeat City on cassette for free from Columbia House. And it was in, like pristine condition. It was a beautiful cover. It was like burgundy. Do you remember the cover for Heartbreak City? Yeah, it was that weird cover with the girl and then yeah. all kinds of cars. It wasn't like Candy O or anything, but it was... Yeah. Where is it? Did, um... That's how I got my greatest, greatest hits. Yeah. yeah, that's the one. That's how I got yeah. greatest hits as well. Yeah. Did you always do records or did you do records and then cassettes? I did cassettes. I should have done albums, actually. By the I t- known yeah. how would I... Yeah, by the time they got the BMG in the nineties, I was I was CDs. I don't know about you. I don't. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was CDs. Yeah, yeah. I was cassettes in the eighties and the nineties. I guess was CDs. Yeah, BMG didn't last as long as uh, Columbia House. Uh, like maybe a, maybe a year. Is Columbia House still around? <laughs> no, no, they don't do it anymore. <laughs> Funny aside, though. The reason Garth Brooks did Shameless by Billy Joel is because if if you didn't... I remember with Columbia House, if they had a selection of the month, uh, they would send it to you if you didn't send the form back and say, I remember fuck that. you, I yeah. don't want it. Yeah, exactly. Apparently, yeah. they sent a copy of Stormfront to Garth Brooks because Garth Brooks was also in Columbia House. Oh. Garth Brooks got Stormfront and didn't order it, but then decided to cover Storm, uh, Shameless from that. Oh, really? Yeah. Good times, Columbia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give you my number one car song, and it was the bonus track on the greatest hits, uh, Tonight She Comes. Yeah, that it's was a good song. Great song. Uh, still a great video, too, actually. I know Tonight Ite she, comes. she Comes. Yep, no, I remember. <laughs> I remember. Uh, and you know, there were some good tunes in the Rick Ocasek solo career as well. Like, you remember Emotion in Motion? Magical Emotion? Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> But, um, yeah, sadly he passed away. And um, in later years, he uh, produced a lot of the like more famous Weezer songs. Um, not Africa, I hope. Not Africa. Like, um, <laughs> he was the guy that did their first album that had uh, the Buddy Holly. Oh, okay, yeah. Dating. So, and I then didn't know that. Okay. In later years, he came back for um, when they did Hash Pipe and uh, what's that other... Uh, Dead sweater, but that was on the first one. That was him too. That yeah. was him too. Like yeah. he did the popular Weezer albums. He came back uh, about five years ago and did a third album with them as well. And I just read like they, Weezer was the first band that posted something about Rick Ocasek after he passed, and they were like, um, they if not for him, they wouldn't be around now. And the one guy remembered coming out of a session and all the girls were going crazy, and the drummer was like, "Yeah, I know it's Rick Ocasek. It's pretty cool, right?" Uh, 75, though. Can you believe that? Yeah, it's, I don't know. 
All right, so we're going to take a last break and come back with our final thoughts. And uh, I'll tell Colin what I thought of the Mud Crutch album as well. <laughs> so we'll take a quick commercial break right here. Hold on, true believers. There's more We Got the Geek after these words. Sketchbook Comics and Games is a store that is something awesome for everyone. In addition to selling comics, board games, and action figures, there are tables for open gaming. Wednesday nights, Sketchbook features game night starting at 6 p.m. Friday through Sunday, Sketchbook is the place to be for Magic the Gathering. The store is located at 224 Glenridge Avenue, Unit 9 in St. Catharines. Come on down for all your geek comic book needs. Here's a song I wrote for another band that broke up because their old ladies didn't get along. Perhaps to a thousand bands. Who wants to go to Mexico with any money? All right, we're back. Uh, thanks for listening to us rambling about music as usual, which uh, we were talking about earlier with Colin and him with me. We're the only guys that really understand what the others are thinking about music, going back to the 80s and whatnot, which is cool. We're old now. There's a lot of history there. Uh, let's, let's skip the we're old part <laughs> right there. Um uh, you had me listen to the second Mud Crutch album, which was Tom Petty's original band before final the Heartbreakers. Offering. Yeah, final offering, but before the Heartbreakers, they did a band called the, Heart- the Mud Crutch. Uh, I remember their album from 2008. Uh, reason I don't own it, I was massively poor in 2008, and I remember loving the song uh, "Scare Easy." Yeah, great song if you're pissed off. By the way, yeah. Um, but I'd never heard, I'd never listened to uh, Mudcrutch 2, other than the songs that wound up on his uh, complete Tom Petty greatest hits. Right. Um, great listen, by the way. Yeah. Like, fantastic album. The whole album's good. It yeah. It's very, it, talk about ending on a high note. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, I was, well, I said to Jay earlier, ooh, that, um, Whenever I find an album that I like in its entirety, I I feel like I've found a new friend, right? Because it'll keep me occupied for weeks. And yeah. I'll just just listen to the same shit all over. Yeah. Again, and this really is a, a great album. Like, I don't, I don't know. Sometimes when people pass and everything, you kind of you know, you, you, it's like when someone dies, you feel like you got to say something nice about them, right? So you yeah. got to like boost all their shit up and, and talk about how good it was when maybe it wasn't. Yeah. But this really was. Like, it was really good. It was like ending on a, a high note. Like, yeah. It's a great album to listen to. Like, uh, what a loss. Yeah, sadly, that that's how he ended as well. Uh, but yeah, a really good listen. I'm glad I listened to it. Uh, what what do you know? Okay, let's you know, like we'll shoot the shit. You can edit this out after. When did he get divorced? Um, when did Echo come out? Early two thousands. Yeah, I guess it was. Yeah, but he was got Dana his second wife or his first. Dana wife? was his second. Yeah. Jane was his first. Okay. Right. Um, they got divorced around Echo because that's when he started doing the heroin. Yeah. And after that, he hated playing songs off Echo in concert, which was a shame. There's some. Do you have Echo? Yes, I do. There's some great songs on that album, "Room at the Top" and "Swing." Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, but he, because of that period in his life, he refused to do songs after it. Um, uh, but yeah, Dana was his second wife. Um, but yeah, uh, 2000, maybe 2002, 2003, when he got divorced. Okay. Seems like that finished him off. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know, yeah, he remarried, but I think, I don't think he ever got past that. No, I'm like, thankfully he got past the heroin real fast. When? After well, he went into rehab. After that, he was still doing heroin near the end. Was he? Yeah, I didn't know that. I, according I to the book, he he kicked it. Did he? Yeah. Okay. And he didn't want to be reminded of it after after he kicked it. Well, no one was right. Right. I mean, that's what killed Howie actually in the band too. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was right up near the end. I thought. Oh, was, was he really? I, I didn't that, know that. That was my impression. I should. Oh, maybe look into that. Maybe. Yeah. I, I just look at how fucked up he was during the the um, Gary Shandling. Yeah. And I, I don't know if he was using. Oh, I'm not sure. 
I'm, I feel real bad because, by the way, when we're recording this, I think yesterday was the anniversary of his final concert. Oh, yeah? Which means in a week or so, because he died a year after, like a week after his final concert. Which is a shame, man. Like, And I had a chance to see him in Toronto that year, and I didn't go. Which sucks. My friend, uh, well, you, you you would know him probably if you ever saw the guy. He rides the bus all the time, but he's pretty big in the community. He works at Costco. He's, he's a really, really nice guy. Thorold. Um, he went to see Tom Petty, and he said at the concert that uh, he went to see uh, Stevie Nicks surprised him. Really? Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So it would come on and done. Did uh did you ever get to see him again, or was End of the Great White Open the only time you that saw him? The only time I saw him. By the way, let's bring this up. I love Tom Petty. Yeah. How fucked up a concert was that? They had the big Keebler Elf tree in the background. That was awesome. It was great. Uh, yeah, you remember but... my my I think my favorite point of the night. Uh, they did. Um, don't come around here no more. Yeah, and he was running around and shit. Yeah, with the they, lights. Yeah, he was running was around with the lights. Awesome. He they had like an arc of the covenant on the stage. He reached in and grabbed his famous Tom Petty hat. Yeah, yeah, then, out of the chest. Yeah, <laughs> and all these dudes ran out of the tree, and they were wearing masks of all the ex presidents. And then Petty chased them into it with a piece, a giant peace sign. Yeah. This is fucking cool. Great show, though, man. From what I remember. Yeah, from what I remember, too. Um, it was cool. Let's, let's throw this out as an aside, because we're friends, and it's what we do. We got it in our bright minds after the show. Oh, to try to meet him. To try to meet him. But how do we try to meet him, young sir? Well, we crawled around the side of the building and waited alongside of the bus. And in an alley. In an alley. <laughs> let's jump out at Tom Petty. It worked for Johnny Cash for me. Yeah, we never did it, but, but for like maybe ten minutes, you and me and John Mary and Tim... And my girlfriend at the time, Andrea, oh, yeah. were hiding in an alley in Toronto. <laughs> it's kind of like after the Cheap Trick concert. Yeah. It's funny when we were out there by the buses yeah. and everything. And you go, we're two old guys with beards. We <laughs> probably should leave. Yeah. Um, and then the other, and then we moved around to the front of the building, and Tom Petty's roadies were yelling at all the hookers in Toronto. But, uh, cool meeting Petty, though. That would have been oh, I love shit. Petty, man. One of my all-time faves. And you know what? I've, I've, uh, ne- I put off talking about this on this podcast. But uh, I recently, and we've talked a little bit about this. I've recently read an essay online. And they weren't being mean-spirited. They were sad as, like, you and I are. People that grew up in the 70s and 80s, like us, are going to lose a bunch of our musical heroes in the near future, man. All of them. Yeah. Like, do you know what? It was funny because you mentioned that because uh, you texted me uh, and Jay and I were always uh, big Springsteen fans, right? Like in the early 80s. So, yeah. I mean, we know the guy's birthday. He was born on September 23rd. <laughs> and every year we'll send off a message to each other like, oh, did you bake a cake for Bruce's birthday? Because you did when you were 15. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like, we'll always remember that date. It's emblazoned on our minds. Yeah. And as I started thinking about that, Bruce was born September 23rd, 1949. Yep. And most of our musical heroes from when we were growing up were all born in 1949. Yeah, late 40s. Camp, late 40s, 40s, early 50s. Yeah. Huey Lewis was born. Rick Springfield. Rick Springfield. They're all. They're so Billy Joel, yeah. All in the same. Yeah. But this guy made the point. Like he's a, the, the essay I read, guy's a big classic music fan. Uh, rhymed off a list of all these classic musical guys that are still around and their ages, and a lot of them are in their 70s and late 70s, even going into 80. And unfortunately, we're going to see a lot of these guys passing away, like before we want them to. Like Eddie Money was a shock to me, right? Uh, but then was they, he on the younger end. Yeah, then they start mentioning. All the ages and like, oh shit! Like the Stones are all like getting into the yeah to the point where they're going to hit the eighties. Yeah, they've been on a huge renaissance lately. They're on tour right now, but they'll go to like a bunch of different cities now. 
and do all this obscure shit that they haven't done in years. Like they did Harlem Shuffle for the last, first time in like thirty years. My uh, one of the guys, he's a member of my church, Henry Cron. He's uh, one of the drivers at work, and he was telling me he went to Aurelia. Mm-hmm. And when he went to Aurelia, they um, they camped for a few days. Yeah. So, you know, you just camp there, and then they had music in between. Well, the Stones played there. Just recently, right? Yeah. Yeah. They, they were like, their, their trailers were right at the stage. Yeah. And then the Stones played. He said they're just sitting there watching the Stones, and Mick Jagger just finished having heart surgery, so yeah. oh, he didn't yeah. jump around a lot. But he goes, our trailer's right there. Yeah. And then there's the fucking Stones. So cool. Yeah, and the cool thing is, though, that Stones are acknowledging their career now and doing all this obscure stuff. Like, not, well, maybe two or three songs a show. But it's it's, it's cool that they're doing stuff like You've Got Me Rockin' from the 90s, right? Yeah. Like, bring out Exile Main Street and some yeah. old classic shit rather than... The, yeah. Yeah. But it's sad, man. Like, we're getting all... We're all getting up there in age. All the guys we listen to are getting up there in age, too. And it's just going to be sad if... You know, if the, when we hear them passing away and whatnot. There's a song you'd probably like. It's called... Um, it's actually a Will and Jennings song. Will and Willie did it. It's called Heroes. Okay. And it's just... The theme of the song is basically there ain't nothing quite as sad as watching your heroes die. It's true. And, you know, but it's true. you gotta, you gotta you accept, know, right? I'm gonna bring this back from depressing. Sure. Uh, so, two days ago, uh, by the way, anybody listening to this who is a friend of mine from the 80s and forward knows that I'm a gigantic Huey Lewis in the News fan. Um, and you and I got to see them for the first time back in 85. Yeah. Um, they released their first new song in, like, years, two days ago. Uh, they've got a new album coming out, probably released in early 2020. Uh, they put out a song called... So the album is ready? Yeah. Okay. It's all shit they recorded before Huey's uh, hear, hearing loss. Okay. Um, so we're going to get that in early 2020. I, I felt like a, a 15-year-old when I heard this song. It brought me back to, I don't know what your thoughts were, but when I listened to it, it reminded me of like the period around picture this as sports. Yeah, no, I felt the same way because, it's, I don't know, it's, it's really weird how you follow somebody for that many years, your whole life, that they're almost like a friend. They're, they're yep. not, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's weird. Then they come out with something, and it's just like you reassociate. Yeah, it's like reconnecting. It's like, wow, Jay, I haven't seen you in uh, six years. What have you been doing? Yeah. Well, I played the blues for a while. And, you know, <laughs> and then I listen to it, and I'm like, wow, fuck. There's like part of my yeah. friend that I miss. You know what sucks, and, though? You know. You and I, how many times did we see Huey? Maybe six times? I don't know. Like, yeah, it was like a... It was a yearly thing for a bit. One of the highlights of, of, it's one of my favorite memories ever, summer concerts at the Exhibition, seeing Huey Lewis in the news, and right across from Exhibition Stadium was Molson Brewery, Yep. and more than a couple times we would just go, get dropped off at the stadium, walk over to the Molson Brewery, buy a case of beer, carry it to the park. And pound the fucking thing, My, and then go to the concert. I just, you know, earlier this week, I thought of a favorite mo- moment from the Small World Tour. By the way, 31 years ago, oh boy. you, me, and John Mary, my parents, my parents dropped us off. As you were mentioning, we went to the brewery. We grabbed a 2-4. The three of us drank a whole 2-4 in like an hour. Uh, went to the Huey Lewis concert uh, as soon as we walked in the stadium. The horn section was playing Perfect World. Tower of Power, right? Yeah. And John Murray, our buddy John, was like, oh, it's just the opening act. And then Huey walked out. Like, no, that's that's Huey. <laughs> but you're right. Back then, they had a almost a yearly concert. It was great. I uh, loved an outdoor concert. I would give my right not for an outdoor oh, concert. Oh, yeah. A good outdoor show. I would love it. And I remember I remember that first concert we saw in 85. It was when Back to the Future was out in the theaters. The we, shitty blue tour shirt yep. with the big face of Huey on yep. the back. They opened with Power of Love. They closed with Back in Time. Like, Been in the movies 20 years ago. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> so cool. And then we saw them 
It had to have been six times. You know what's funny? You know why it really, really rings true with me is because, and this sucks, this was one of the sadder moments of our relationship, me and Jay. Yeah. I got Springsteen tickets in 85. Yeah. Before I saw Huey. And I to find a ride. Anyway, long story short, I went with a cousin of mine, okay? So I saw Springsteen, and it was amazing. I was third row at the exhibition, and when he came on stage and started opening with Born in the USA, hmm. his voice sounded like he had swallowed about like 20 yards of gravel, and it sounded like yeah. shit, and yeah. it was so raw. It was the coolest thing I ever heard. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, doesn't sound anything like anything I've ever heard. Yeah. And then we went to see Huey Lewis a month later. Yeah. It sounded just like the fucking album. They were pristine. Their sound was beautiful. And by the way... Everything was polished. Let me interrupt you for a second here. How great did they sound on this new song? Like, exactly the same, right? Yeah. It sounded good. Uh, And I understand, like... I, I wish I would have been there with you at Bruce, but I get it, and uh, I'm glad you got to see him in his prime. And by the way, he's 15, at that time, he's like 15 years younger than we are now with the biggest album of his career. I know. And I'm going to tell a story only because it's funny. We, the guy went to, okay, back in the day before you ordered stuff on the computer, we used to camp out for concert tickets mm-hmm. all the time. Like, we'd sleep out for concert tickets. If we could get a good show, because you'd uh, be there when it opened. Do you remember uh, the only time you and I did it? Cougar. No. Huey Lewis at the. No. <laughs> it was at Steve the... Winwood. Oh, it. At, it was Steve Winwood. It was on the edges of the Penn Center uh, parking lot. When Sam's line. was in the back. That's yeah. right. And um, when we got up there, the only way we could, we could get tickets in the front is if we bought four seats. So you and I were going originally by you and me on our own, and we called our mothers up. That's right. That's the only time your That's mom and right. my mom went to a concert together. That's right. And we got, like, what was it, third or fourth row for that? Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Colin James opened. That's the only time I got to camp out? Yeah, because we bought the Colin yeah. James album right after that. Wow. That's the only time I camped out with you to see. Any other time we bought concert tickets early, we just showed up at... Yeah, 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 yeah. But we had wow. sleeping bags. And yeah, Terry Fred showed up. Yeah, well, he would. And <laughs> <laughs> Steve Winwood on the roll with it tour. Oh, By God. the way, it's the toboggan scene. I'm going to throw this out at you folks right now. Colin and I, and this is on tape, so you have to do it. We bought. Steve Winwood tour programs back in 1988 mm-hmm. on the Roll With It tour. Mm-hmm. The opening page of that program was an iron-on of the Roll With It logo, which we always joked about doing shirts. And offers on a separate sheet. We're going to do it. We are. By Christmas time this year, we are going to try to do the Steve Winwood shirts and be cool as anything, <laughs> by the way. We're just going to roll with it. That's right. If only it had Russ Kunkel on the logo as well. Were we on a kick here or something? Did I interrupt you about a story? I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, Huey Lewis? Well, there was the Huey Lewis. No. Yeah, sounded good. Sounded um, good. You saw Lyle Lozado. Oh, and the Neville Brothers. We got to see the Neville Brothers with yep. Huey. So Neville we Brothers. got to see... Aaron Neville, before he was even really, really popular. And the Jitters. And the Jitters. The Jitters opened for Huey, too, didn't they? That's right. They won a contest. That's right. (laughs) Q107. That's right. That's right. Oh, fuck. Yeah, back in the 80s, man. I used to live for that every year. We are super old. smell of funnel cakes. Like, we've been to a thousand concerts. The Huey Lewis concert was the second concert I ever went to with you. No, no, yeah. it was cool. With the blue shirt, yeah. And I still say 85 to 95 was our prime concert going. Oh, it was. It, it was like we went was. to a concert every week or something. In my head, it seems to me we got to a concert every week because I was go, oh, yeah, we went to see, and I'm like, we worked at KFC. Yeah. We lived at home. Yeah. So we had no bills. Yeah. So every paycheck went to concerts. So, so fuck adulting. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, I Albums remember, and concerts. I remember. I, I don't remember what year it was, but I had seen a concert every month of that year, which is the only time I ever got to do that. Yeah. 
But yeah, you're right. You're exactly right about that time period. No expenses. We just get. Oh, you know who's coming next week? Oh well, we better get that. Uh, also, concert tickets weren't a hundred dollars a piece back no. then. No. They're like thirty if we were lucky. My favorite's still telling the story about Bruce when I went to see him. Because this guy, Dave Shannon, he camped out for three days at the X. Remember? Yeah, you told me, yeah. Camped out for three days, and back then you could buy like 20 tickets or something. So he bought 20 tickets, but the poor guy didn't have 20 friends. (laughs) Oh, jeez. But (laughs) I don't think. No. But he he said to me, he goes, oh, I'll, I'll sell you some tickets. Okay. Sold them to me for the same price he bought them. Nice. So third row... Springsteen, 1984. Nice. 1985, sorry. $15. I still can't believe the first time I saw Springsteen was with you and your mom and Doug and Sophie. Yeah. Not even the East Street Band. It was that 92 tour when he had the two albums at the same time. And I had the worst headache of my life, so that's something I'll always take with me from that concert. Um... But we got to see him on the reunion tour, right? And on the rising tour. Yep. Um, be cool if we could see him next year when they're coming back. Probably can. I'm going to throw this at you as a last question for this uh, podcast. What do you consider, and we're going to think about this, the coolest concert you and I ever saw together? And there's been a bunch. And keep in mind, I can edit, so. Yeah, no, it's... If I say Colin Hay in Toronto, will that be funny? That was a good one. No, I, I just for the intimacy. Yeah, that was it for me. That was a great show, man. It was like seeing him at the Lancer. What sucked about that, and, and it didn't really suck, but he had a mullet at the time, and we didn't know it was him when he came out. Like, when's he coming out? Oh, I guess that's him. <laughs> We were sitting at the table wondering when he was going to come, and then it's like, well, Buddy's got to set him up as all of his equipment first. Yeah. Hold on, that's not Buddy. That's Colin A. Yeah. <laughs> no, for me, for the intimacy for that show, I loved it. I got two I'm going to throw at you. That one for sure. Um, Billy Joel and Hamilton. Yeah. Um because he was in such a weird mood that night. It was you, me, and Scott. Climbing the ropes and shit. Climbing the ropes. Um, I remember people were throwing those glowy sticks at him, and he kept making fun of them. I remember um, during Down Easter Alexa, he fucked up the first verse, sat back at the piano, and went, you know, I, I don't want to rip you guys off. Here's the first verse again. Played it. And then at the end of the night, he came out with the harmonica. We're all expecting Piano Man. Plays my favorite, I don't know what your favorite Billy Joel song is, but plays my personal favorite, and so it goes. And then Piano Man. Um, just a great show. And, you know, I'm going to throw this one out as well. Uh, Melon Camp in 87 when we were in the front. One of the front rows? How far how far back we were? Like third row? Fifth or sixth row, maybe. Yeah. Lonesome Jubilee tour. Yeah. 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 Uh, I know. Mine, too. But you know what's been great? You and I, after all these years, what did we get to do? We got to see three concerts together this year. Mm-hmm. Which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Because prior to that, what was it, 2000? Yeah, no, no, I've, I'm all over it. I yeah. want to do more, I want to check more shit out. And yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what we can do regarding the con- the, the podcast. Five beers. Um, <laughs> um, it sucks, because I had written to you earlier this year, I said, how hilarious would it be to see Eddie Money? And I shouldn't have said that. No, no, you, we we talked about it that we wanted to go see him again. Yeah, it's like we should go see Eddie Money again. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Well, I mean, you were always my favorite person to see concerts with. Mine too. Yeah, you're the only one that sees shit on that same level. Did we see Billy Joel three times on that Stormfront tour? Stormfront tour. Yeah, it was you and me, right? Yeah, Buffalo, Toronto, Hamilton. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to throw that out there. Cheers. <laughs> we saw a lot of fucking concerts. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm glad I got to see the Springsteen reunion with you. Steve Winwood and Joe Cocker. Kingswood Theater at uh, yes. uh, Canada's Wonderland. Yeah. With that video with him on the toboggan. Yeah. Well, you can't have it. You can't have a concert without that. That's... <laughs> 
<laughs> Steve on the Oh, spot. a lot of editing. 21 minutes of low spark eyes. But even the smaller so, concerts at Front 54 and shit like that. Like, I'm going to bring this Hanging up. out and talking to Colin James. Oh, my God. Do you remember this? Uh, we were waiting outside after we got kicked out of Front 54. Like, uh, when's Colin James coming out? I don't know. Why don't you just go to the, the dressing room? We got kicked out. Oh, follow me. Yeah, that was good. How do you want to go out? Do you want to, like, think of something cool we can go out on? or? Sure. I'd like to say... This is my thought for the evening. <laughs> what? Okay. Go for it. I've always believed when we discuss all these different people and stuff, opinions vary, right? They, mm. you know, opinions are like, like they say, yes, everyone has one. Um, but, I mean, it's it's kind of nice to discuss it because it's stuff I think, like, in my head. And you're the only person that really seems to want to talk about it with me. But, oh, for sure. Um when I listen to some of the stuff, I've always said that certain artists, I think, only have so many good songs, and <laughs> and but you never know when they're going to come out. Yeah, right. Like if you got fifty good songs on you, and Bruce came out with thirty of them like before nineteen eighty five. Are you going to make us wait forty five years for the other twenty songs? I'm going to say this then to finish. And this is deep. Freddie Mercury. When he passed away, um, he was working on an opera album, which is probably like one of his greatest albums, um, with um, Montserrat Caballé, who is uh, one of his favorite opera singers. So he wrote an opera, basically, and they did it right before he died. Yeah, I have, I have a good memory and of you playing me that, actually. There's so many good songs on that album. It's, it's a masterpiece. And someone had said that when someone is dying and they're that talented, they go into, like, creative overload. Like, they have to make up a bunch of shit before they die kind of thing. Right. right. So that explains him doing it. But if all of our heroes are all getting the same age this year, basically we should be able to pick up on some of their finest material if that's the case. Mm. Think about it that way. I do think about it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Cliff the turn. Wow, yeah, that's pretty deep, actually. So, I hope, in my heart, that before any of these other heroes of ours pass away... You and I at least get a chance to revisit them in concert and uh, their careers and the music that meant so much to us. And hopefully in the next year, we got to see three cool shows this year by people we admire. Thank you for doing this podcast with me, sir. And uh, thank you for talking to me about Eddie Money in the Cars tonight. Hey. Thanks for listening. To hear more We Got the Geek, check us out at www.wegotthegeek.com and on iTunes.